Pastor Steve has was talking about Joseph last week, and he was going to talk about Mary this week. So I'm still going to speak about Mary this week. So turn in your Bibles to the chapter Luke chapter, the book of Luke chapter 1. And let's talk about Mary as we recall from our introduction last week that um, that uh, or from our sermon last week with Joseph that Mary was betrothed to Joseph and she uh, we find out that she becomes the mother of Jesus and he was going to put her away but he didn't they went to Egypt there was all the you know all of the all of the story that we're going to discuss today we know who Mary is Mary you know that name right how many Marys do we know <laughs> and 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 all Marys are named from this Mary this Mary she's important she's the mother of Jesus Mary however one of the first things that we should state off the bat is that or while while we hold her obviously in esteem and high regard Mary is the mother of Jesus she is not to be worshiped she's not a figure to be worshiped um, Mary is uh, an, an honorable figure, a figure to look at and to study as, as an example of what we can be, but not to be worshipped. Uh, some, some Christian traditions worship Mary as deity. Pray to Mary. This is not, this is not what we're, what uh, Mary is. This is not who she is. This is not how we should regard her. We hold her in high regard, but we should not regard her in that regard. That's, that's, that's wrong. Jesus himself, if we look through the book of Luke on a couple of occasions, um, that uh, he himself, there was one occasion in uh, Luke chapter 8. I'll, I'm going to turn to it just to uh, refresh my mind. In Luke chapter 8, uh, now Jesus, uh, this is verse uh, 19. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are waiting outside. And he said, send them in, they're the most important people here. No, what he said was, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. If we turn over to Luke 11, verses 20, verse 27 and 28, as Jesus is teaching, a woman in the crowd said, blessed is the mother who gave birth and nursed you. And Jesus said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And so Jesus doesn't treat his his mother as an as an equal. He treats us as equals with his mother, right? That we are blessed as well. That the relationship that is the most important is the relationship we have with God through Him, and that we are blessed as we are obedient to Him. 
Now, that does not mean that he throws her, <laughs> he has no regard for his mother, obviously. We remember that when he was on the cross and that his Mary was there, that he looks at his beloved disciple John and says, this is your mother. Take care of her. And so he loves his mother. But she is not to be worshipped. Interestingly, Acts only has one entry, one moment of her being mentioned. One would think that if we were to treat her with this great reverence and worship, that she would be a central figure throughout Acts, but she is not. That said, we're not, that said, Mary is awesome, and her example is awesome. And I am so uh, I'm interested in and excited to see what it is, what we can learn from Mary's example. Okay, so let us go to back to Luke chapter one, and we're going to start in verse twenty. Six. Now, previously, let's uh, let's set the stage. Previously, um, Gabriel the angel had came to Zechariah, who is the father of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin, six months older, going to be going to be preparing the way for Jesus. He, John the Baptist, prepares the way, the message for Jesus to come in. And, and have his ministry. That's John the Baptist. His parents are old. Zechariah is old. He is in the temple when the angel comes to him. Let's start with verse 19 and says, or let's start with, uh, let's go back, sorry about that. Let's go to verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. Uh, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid. I always find that funny because I, am, I can only imagine what it would be like to be visited by an angel that, that is telling you he's an angel. You know, we, we've always heard, read the scripture about entertaining angels unaware. But they're aware of who they're talking to. I always find it interesting that the natural reaction to seeing an angel of the Lord come to give you a message would be fear, uh, understandably. And he's like, well, don't be afraid. <laughs> okay, you're an angel. No, I'm sure it's easy. No big deal. Uh, do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Um, then we could skip down to verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. It sounds familiar to me. It sounds like Abraham, maybe, that that how can how can you do this? We're old. I we'll, we'll see this a lot in, in scripture. We see this all the time in scripture for people who are called, for people who are told. There's always that question. And it's all right. It's all right to say, uh, you know, Ashley, I'm going to do great things. Okay, how are you going to do that? Here's how. It's all right to ask that. It's all right to seek how God is going to move in your life. It's all right to do that. The, the angel doesn't get offended to say, well, uh, I told you. He just gives them the, the, uh, the blessing. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, as we read in 19. I have been uh, sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now... You will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words 
which will come true at their proper time. Now that's a good, that's a good, uh, it's a good lesson in its own right. That uh, here's the sign for you, you won't be able to speak for the next nine months or more than that actually. Um, and that I'm going, the, the lesson I get in this setup, and this is just the setup, the lesson I'm getting out of this setup is that when God calls you, he's going to see that call to completion. And you, if I read Philippians, if I think about Philippians, and I think about the fact that Paul, that when, when we're reading Philippians, that we are told that uh, to work out our salvation for his God who is doing that work in us to see it through to completion. This is what I see here in this call. You're going to have a child. This is what is going to happen. And um, you're, and, and and our reaction to that might result in silence. <laughs> it might result in, uh, in um, as in Mary's case, it results in she's she's his servant. She doesn't. She she gives a small question, but she's not in Zacharias's doubt position. God calls her, and she answers. Um, at any rate, let's go uh, the. What uh, what the angel did was give them the message, and and that uh, the and that when we get to verse twenty three, we see that the time of service was completed, and after he returned, uh, Zechariah returns, and after this, Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord, the Lord has done this for me, she says. In these days, He has shown His favor and taken away the, my disgrace among the people. God has given them this great gift. This is the uh, pretext for which we come into Mary's story. In the sixth month, reading on in verse 26, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was highly troubled. Let's stop for a second. Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. What makes her highly favored is God. It wasn't that she deserved this honor. God gracefully gave her this honor. Right? You who are highly favored, do you know who... Who else was highly favored? Moses. That, that, those kind of words were used towards Moses. And when Moses was called, was he, oh yeah, for sure, 100%. No, he was dragging his feet as well. I don't speak as well. But he was highly favored because God favored him. I, I, I want to get across the point here that uh, uh, Mary didn't earn this great privilege. It was given to her. It was through God's graciousness that this was given to her. And then I read along that I say, the Lord is with you, which is uh, also used when God call, when it, God sends an angel to Gideon. The first words he says to Gideon are, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press so he could hide from the Midianites. He was not exactly a mighty warrior. But the Lord was with him. And we remember that 
If we remember the story of Gideon, we know that he needed some signs. I'll put the fleece out. Make the ground wet and the fleece dry. Okay, the next night I'll put the... And God continues to work and call and build Gideon towards that call. It is God that saw the victory that he showed Gideon. That, that, was, that was given there. It was God who showed that. So the same language of the God who favors and that the Lord is with him is here on Mary. And much in the same way, as I say, Gideon didn't, wasn't a mighty warrior and, and Moses wasn't, wasn't really a great orator and Mary didn't do anything to deserve it either. It was all through God's sovereignty that these things occurred. All through God's sovereignty that these things occurred. His call for her. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered, what kind of greeting uh, might this be? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Greatly troubled is probably a good understatement. Uh, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Again, that favor is from him. That favor is from him. Um, you will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How can this be? Since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born. Uh, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. God gives her a sign even though she doesn't really ask for one. That's the, that's the fleece that is wet while the ground is dry. Uh, Elizabeth is pregnant. God is blessing Mary through this. God is, is, is uh, calling her and giving her these blessings through uh, of, of being that, uh, being the mother of Jesus Christ. Uh, at the time, let's go on to 39. At the time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she... Um, entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting and the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. But why am I, Mary, uh, uh, Elizabeth, so favored that the mother of the Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And this is a great uh, example of Mary. One of the, with the great examples that we have of Mary is that she believed, that she had faith in the call of what God put on her. She believed. Because as soon as she, as soon as he, and I read over that faster than I meant to, as soon as he ex it tells her, she asks one question, he tells her how it's going to happen. And what does she say? I am your servant. I am your servant. God builds those whom he calls. And what he, what is, what he asks in return is our obedience. 
Mary was obedient. Immediately. I am your servant. May it be as you have said. May it be as you have said. No, no arguing. No, no debate. Obedience. This is what God, when God calls us to his service, this is what, this is the example that, of Mary that we follow. When we talk about the respect that we have for Mary, it's out of her obedience and faith that this would happen. Right? That when God said, Trevor, do this, uh, I'm your servant. May it be as you said. Homer, I'm your servant. It's amazing. It's a gift, a glorious gift of God that he calls you to be his servant and that he calls you to be obedient and that you have the faith to do it. And that faith comes from him who calls. Just as he built up Gideon and just as he built up Moses to answer the call, he builds up Mary and he builds us up. Right? We seek what he, what he wants in our lives. And th this is the thing I want to talk about, especially also with Mary, is that, it's, is that Mary took part in the plan. Mary was an active participant in that faith and belief of that plan. And that when she breaks out in song, right there should tell you something, that her initial reaction after what Elizabeth said is she sings a song of praise to the one who called her. And what does she say? Let's read in, in uh, verse uh, 46 of chapter 1. Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on generations will call me blessed, which we do. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Remember and and remember that. Remember that that the things that she talks about in this in this moment, that when she talks about that she glorifies Christ, it's because of her humble state. And that the fact that people call will call me blessed is not because of her. It is because of what the mighty one has done for her. And holy is his name. I love Mary's spirit. I love and and I love the spirit of someone who gives praise and gives praise to God for what he has done and understands their position as a humble servant. A humble servant that God has that I mean think about the things that Elizabeth had said to her at the beginning. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is a child you would bear. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I tend to think of things through the, my lens of being. But, I mean, if I'm, the, if I'm the bearer of the Savior and people are saying blessed, I might get a, an ego about it. But Mary is humble. And she realized, and uh, ultimate, the ultimate favor of God is on her. And she realizes that, it is that humble state 
that has lifted her up, and it is He that has done all these things. And then she goes on to say, His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm, and He has scattered uh, those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but He has lifted up the humble. Again, I'm speaking to the fact that Mary knows who God is, she is a worshiper. She is a follower of Him. Obviously, for her to sing this song, she knows God. She's in the line. It's not like they didn't know about the, the coming, you know, the talk of the Messiah. This is something that they would know. She was a follower. She knows that God, with His right arm, makes things happen. That takes down rulers and 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 builds up or crush and through, crushes kingdoms. This is the God she follows. And she knows that He lifts the humble of whom she is. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away. He has helped the, His servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as He said to our fathers. We think about it is, again, the obedience through humility the understanding of who God is in worship. These are the examples from Mary's life that, that we should be concentrating on. That we should be thinking about that Mary is an obedient, humble servant who magnifies God over herself. And that is our position. That is who we are to be. Magnifying His name, magnifying Him over us as He calls us. And I will say this, and I, 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 this is anecdotal evidence in my life, the more in my life that I have spent in humility and service and praise, the more He has spoken and the more He has moved in my heart. And those times where I'm not as Seeking are the times where he, where I have not been as in tune with him. I've said this before, I say it again. I, I heard a preacher say it one time years ago, and I love it. And he said, God is in business with those who are in business with him. <laughs> and I see, what I see in Mary is someone who is in business with him. And God calls her, and she takes hold of that call. How exciting! But we have to understand that obedience often comes with a often comes with sacrifice. Always comes with sacrifice. Obedience to God always comes with a sacrifice. Let's turn over to chapter two. <clears throat> turn over to chapter two, and we're going to read around. We're going to read about Simeon. We'll start with twenty-five. They brought Jesus to the temple, as was the custom. So in 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went, to the, went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to uh, do for him what the custom of the law required, 
Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant, there's that word again, in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for uh, revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what had been said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul too. And I think about, I think about the ways that the sacrifice of being obedient has been a sword to pierce our soul. And that is that is that solely about watching him grow and I it, it, it wraps up with all of this, right? That sword that pierces her soul, the pain that she will have seeing him crucified, the pains that she will have uh, as a mother. She is his mother, as well as his disciple. She is his mother, seeing all the things that happened to him, and how you, how you as a parent hold on to those, those sorrows, right? When you see her, when you see it's Jesus Christ, but it's still her child. I, I, I can't imagine how difficult you know. Knowing, thinking what I, knowing what I know, I, I can't imagine how difficult it would be to to marry those two concepts. That oh, this is my God, my Savior, that I'm changing His diaper, and that He is, and and that He is suffering. You know, she was there watching the suffering. That's that sword that pierces her soul. That sacrifice. There will be we are we are told that we will have suffering too as his followers. That there will be difficulties in our lives. That that, that because of his sake, others will forsake us. That soul, that that sword that pierces our soul. Um, in Mary's suffering. I see that example, and I think about that example. I think about the fact that she she would be dealing with that all her life, and I think about how how that how I can mirror that in my life. That that the understanding that there yes there will be suffering, but I still am His servant, and I still am following the call He puts on my life. And then I think about Mary's meditation, and these are the two two moments in chapter two that I. I love. Um, let's go to, let's go back a little bit. Let's go to um, verse 16 of chapter 2. Two places here in chapter 2. The shepherds had come to see Jesus. They had come to see him born. Uh, the angels sang to them in the field, and they came to see him born. So they hurried off, 16, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary 
treasured up all these things in her heart, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Let's skip ahead to uh, when Jesus is 12. This is at the end of chapter 2. Um, let's start with verse 49. Well, this, we know the story that when he was 12, he went off into the temple and they lost him for three days. So when they finally found him, he looks at them and says, why are you searching for me? Don't you know I had to be in my father's house or about my father's business? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor of men, of, with God and men. I think about I th my initial thinking about treasuring all these things in, in her heart as a mother, I think about uh, Lisa, I think about, um, usually when I think about a story about our kids, I come out, I try to, I think, oh yeah, you remember that time when maybe this happened? And she is like the encyclopedia of that, because she always goes, oh yeah, this was on this date, and you were wearing this and this. She remembers all these beautiful details of our children uh, that I sometimes don't remember as clearly. I think that's a gift of a mother, right? That you see these moments with your child, even if you don't understand them, she didn't understand at 12, but she treasures them in her heart. I love that about her, as any mother, right? Treasure them in her heart. But this, the, uh, ulterior, the, the other message about that is that she meditates on them and ponders on them. The example I get from her is that his word is what is to be treasured in my heart and that my ponderance and meditation should be on him and his word as she was pondering and meditating, right? Because the, it's not like the shepherds just said, what a cute little boy. I love his head of hair. They said, oh yeah, a host of angels came from heaven and sang about him and we had to see him. She treasured that truth in her heart. And then here, don't you know I need to be about my father's business at 12 years old? And although she didn't really understand it, which I'm like, you know, Mary, 12 years ago, an angel came and said you were going to have the king of the universe. How do you, you know? Um, but she still needed to ponder on these things and treasure these things and keep them. I think the word, the word treasure here in, in both these places, uh, it, it brings about the idea that she's keeping these treasures for herself in a way, that she's keeping them safe. These secret or these, these not this knowledge of him for her meditating on this knowledge. And so, and so when I think about Mary, those are the things I think about. I think about how I would react to a call like that. I think about the calls that God has put on my heart before. Calls that I've answered. And how through Mary's example of obedience and faith and humility and worship, her reaction to the call is, is, what, is to be, what is to be considered blessed, right? It's what we need to, it's how we need to think about Mary. It's her reaction to the call. 
that though there will be suffering, though there will be there will still be times of, of, of meditation that it is in that humility and obedience that she is um, that she is to be honored. And that's how I see Mary. Um, uh, that's how I see Mary. That's what I think that that's how I think that we should be seeing Mary. Not as someone to be worshipped, but as someone to be, you know, as a disciple to be admired. There are people I admire. She is one. Because of how she reacted to the call of God. And so, as a Merry Christmas gift, it's 1130 and church is over. So that that's my Christmas gift to you. Um, so if everybody just stand, please, we'll have prayer and... Uh, be thinking about our pastor. Like I said, I talked to I talked with them yesterday, and they're 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 doing well. Um, but uh, so they're comfortably COVID was the words he used. So I'm glad that they are comfortably COVID. Um, and be thinking about Hattie and all those that are sick. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for your for your gifts. We thank you for your love for us, and and we thank you for these lessons of Mary. Such an important figure, such an important person in your story who is obedient and humble. And Father, we're thankful that you can guide us in, in your truths through the example of people like Mary and Joseph. Father, and we think about these things, especially as the time comes that we celebrate your uh, the birth of Jesus, that time that is so magical to so many of us. Father, we pray your healing on the Waynes. Father, we thank you for the for how you've been with them. We pray your healing on Hattie and all those who are sick and all those who are in need of prayer. Father, we pray that you are there with them. We may not know their names. We may not know their needs, but you do. Father, help us to become more obedient to you. Help us to face your truths by saying, I am your servant and to sing your praise, and to lift your name up, Father. Help us to be that, that follower, that disciple, Father. We pray these things in your name. We pray blessings on us as we leave, Father. Blessings on this, this church and all the families here, Father. We pray these things in your name. Amen.